All right, we've been talking about Holy Spirit for the last uh, few weeks, and we are going to wrap up that series today talking about creativity. Um, there's a lot of, of different things that we could talk about when it comes to creativity with Holy Spirit um, and what that looks like, uh, you know, what you have access to and all of those things. And so you can think about a lot of the different things that um, creativity has to offer, art, music, those things that we, we see and hear uh, all the time. Um, we can look in the Bible at the creative miracles that Jesus did and see that as well and see the the partnership Holy Spirit and Jesus had that oneness that they had to perform those miracles. Uh, before we get started into that, though, I want to go back to something I talked about last week, and it was um, talking about who you are, and knowing who you are is an extremely important thing, because if you don't know who you are, it's, it's difficult to, to think about creativity. It's difficult to think about a lot of the things of Holy Spirit, because it, it takes you, it takes in your mind yourself out of connection, out of oneness. And so you need to know who it is you are, right? And so we talked about you are also the I am last week, real briefly. And in Genesis one twenty six, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And I wanted to read that because it's important to remember that you were created in his image. You were created in the likeness of God. And what that means is, is that you carry his likeness. You carry his DNA. And that is an important thing to remember because if you don't remember that, you're going to forget that you have access. You are created in his very nature. You're not going to be like, a, I don't remember what I said last week, but you're not going to be a cow, right? You can't, you can't like, oh, I'm a cow. No, you're not. You're not going to, you're not going to do that. You can't do that because you're, you're not of that nature. You are of the nature of God. And that means you have access to uh, all the creativity that comes from his spirit. You have access to everything. You have access to everything that is in the kingdom and everything that entails. So I want to go into one of these uh, miracles uh, that Jesus did out of John 9. And it's uh, where Jesus healed the man born blind. So we're going to start in verse 1. It says, Afterward, as Jesus walked down the street, he noticed a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Teacher, whose sin caused this guy's blindness, his own or the sin of his parents? Jesus answered, Neither. It happened to him so that you could watch him experience God's miracle. While I am with you, it is daytime, and we must... Excuse me, and we must do the works of God who sent me 
while the light shines. For there is coming a dark night when no one will be able to work. As long as I am with you, my life is the light that pierces the world's darkness. I love that, the last piece of that verse right there, because it really gets you thinking about Jesus and about his presence, right? And you carry that as one who carries the DNA of God. One of those that is also the I am, and you carry that breath, and you have that ability to create with your words when you speak. It says, as long as I am with you, my life is the light that pierces the world's darkness. He's never left you, never will leave you. He's always with you, so his light is going to pierce the darkness of anywhere that you step foot. And you get to call out the creative nature of God by partnering with him and with Holy Spirit to bring solutions into the darkness. Goes on here in verse six, it says, then Jesus spat on the ground and made some clay with his saliva. Then he anointed the blind man's eyes with the clay. And he said to the blind man, now go and wash the clay from your eyes in the ritual pool of Siloam. So he went and washed his face, and as he came back, he could see for the first time in his life. That act Jesus did of making the clay, putting it on his eyes, was the thing that, however it worked, was the creative miracle that made connections in there to make him see. So that's a fun, creative miracle to look at. But we have to keep going to get the full picture of what it is you need to be accessing with your creativity as we go through this. It says, this caused quite a stir among the people of the neighborhood, for they noticed the blind beggar was now seen. They began to say to one another, isn't this the blind man who once sat and begged? Some said, no, it can't be him. Others said, but it looks just like him. It has to be him. All the while, the man kept insisting, I'm the man who was blind. Finally, they asked him, what has happened to you? He replied, I met the man named Jesus. He rubbed clay on my eyes and said, go to the pool named Siloam and wash. So I went, and while I was washing the clay from my eyes, I began to see for the very first time. It's a very compelling, creative miracle to look at possibilities of what you have access to as part of the kingdom. What it is that you already carry by your very nature. This same thing is available to you because of the nature and the likeness, the image that it is that you carry. Verse 12, it says, so the people of the neighborhood inquired, where is this man? I have no idea, the man replied. So the people marched him over to the Pharisees to speak with them. They were concerned because the miracle Jesus performed by making clay with his saliva and anointing the man's eyes happened on the Sabbath day, a day that no one was allowed to work. It's very interesting when you start looking at what was going on with the Pharisees and the Sabbath, right? They really were very concerned about not doing anything. It seems like more work to me to not do anything and follow all these rules 
than it would be to actually rest, which is what the intent of the Sabbath was, right? That was the intent, is for, for us to be able to rest from our work. And they created so many rules that it was more work to rest because they were worried. They were worried about what would happen if they get caught breaking some rule. And that was not the intent of the Sabbath. Right? That's not why it was created. It says, then the Pharisees asked the man, how, how did you have your sight restored? He replied, a man anointed my eyes with clay. Then I washed, and now I can see for the first time in my life. Then an argument broke out among the Pharisees over the healing of the blind man on the Sabbath. Some said, this man who performed this healing is clearly not from God. He doesn't even observe the Sabbath. Others said, if Jesus is just an ordinary sinner, how could he perform a miracle like that? It's an interesting thing to look at them here. They're, they're missing the point again. They have created so many religious rules to follow about the Sabbath, they're missing the point of what the Sabbath was created for. And on top of that, their heart response towards this miracle is not right either. There's no celebration of the miracle. There's no celebration of the creation of sight in this man who had never seen anything in his entire life. He's never seen the beauty of a sunrise or a sunset. He's missing everything his entire life because he was blind. And there is no celebration there. The heart response was all about the rules, following the rules. And we can look at this as, in our lives, in our, our, our society today. Rather than looking at the heart response behind something, and getting to the root of that, we would rather legislate. We would rather try to fix something through legislation rather than what's going on in here. What's happening in the heart of people? It's an unfortunate thing. It goes on and says, this prompted them to turn on the man healed of blindness, putting him on the spot in front of them all, demanding an answer. They asked, who do you say he is, this man who opened your blind eyes? He's a prophet of God, the man replied, still refusing to believe that the man had been healed and was truly blind from birth. The Jewish leaders called for the man's parents to be brought to them. So they couldn't just say, yes, that was me. I was blind. And they believed him because their heart wasn't right. If they cared too much about their rules, they cared about their place in society more than they did anything else, more than what was happening here. So they wanted his parents to come. So they asked his parents, is this your son? Yes, they answered. Was he really born blind? Yes, he was, they replied. So they pressed his parents to answer. Then how is it that he now he's now seen? They're, they're continuing this same line of questioning because they're refusing to have their own eyes open right? They're too focused on what's going on with their rules rather than seeing the creativity that is being offered up to them. They were in a position to offer solutions, but rather they just wanted to offer rules. 
So they pressed his parents. Then how is it that he's now seen? We have no idea, they answered. We don't know what happened to our son. Ask him. He's a mature adult. He can speak for himself. Now the parents were obviously intimidated by the Jewish religious leaders, for they had already announced to the people that if anyone publicly confessed Jesus as Messiah, they would be excommunicated. And that's why they told them, ask him. He's a mature adult. He can speak for himself. So once again, they summoned the man who was healed of blindness and said to him, swear to God to tell us the truth. We know the man who healed you is a sinful man. Do you agree? The healed man replied, I have no idea what kind of man he is. All I know is that I was blind and now I can see for the first time in my life. But what did, he, what did he do to you? They asked, how did he heal you? And the man responded, I told you once and you didn't listen to me. Why do you make me repeat it? Are you waiting? Are you wanting to be his followers too? I just love that. He just comes right back at him. Like, you know what? Is it, are you wanting to follow him? Because I've already told you once what happened. Why do I need to repeat myself? You keep repeating your questions, but I don't need to keep repeating my answers. So it's interesting that they are missing the, the creativity that's available to them. And this is one of the biggest things that we as the body of Christ, as the church, need to be looking at right now as it relates to creativity. Yeah, I'm not saying throw away art or anything like that. What I'm saying is, is what we need to be focused on is creating solutions. We carry as believers, as citizens of the kingdom, children of God, being in his likeness and being his image bearer, we carry the solutions to the problems that are plaguing our society, our culture, the world. There shouldn't be any darkness when you walk into a room because you carry his light. You carry the light that expels the darkness. A lot of the problems that we're trying as a society to legislate and control, just like the Pharisees were with their rules, is not going to fix anything, right? It just creates other problems. And it doesn't matter what issue you're looking at. I, I don't want to get into specific issues, but the, the thing behind all of this is what's going on in the heart of the people? Right? What is it that needs to be offered up as a solution for the people's hearts? That's the big thing you carry. Right? That is one of the, one of the things I really want you to take away from this is the access to solutions to be creative. Right, back in Genesis 1, God said we are to reign over all the earth. Right? We have dominion. What he doesn't do is tell us how to exercise that dominion. He doesn't give you, here is step by step. You follow this checklist, hey, you're going to be good. It's a dictatorship, not a partnership, right? right? You have his likeness. You bear his image. That means you have creativity as well.
you carry solutions on how to exercise that dominion. So when you walk into a room, you carry his light and it shines. Right? And anytime there's a problem, you have a solution. Just by the very nature of who you are. You carry solutions. And it's it's interesting to really start to apply this when you think about um, we talked a few months back about the the different mountains of society, um, media, arts, entertainment, government, business, education, family, church, right? And we're all called to one of these, right? Many different assignments in these callings, but we all have a focus, right? So you're called to influence in this area with the kingdom. And that influence you're, you're wielding is solutions to people's problems. When you develop a solution to a problem, people start to listen to you. And you get to offer up more and more. You're going to need to be tapping into your creativity on a regular basis, which means you need to be in union with Holy Spirit continually, each and every day. Don't let a day go by where you're not talking to him, where you're not discussing some problem that you can fix, that you can provide a solution for. That's one of the, one of the things that I don't understand why we don't do more. And we're starting to see this problem. We are, we are about to face more problems coming up than right now we have solutions for. We have problems coming that we have no infrastructures for. And it's going to take creative people to develop solutions for these. And there are no better people to develop these solutions than you because of your image, because of your likeness, what it is that you carry inside. All right. I think that's everything I wanted to cover with that. I really just want you guys to take away the fact that you have the solution. What you carry is the solution to the problems that the world is facing. So don't be disconnected from Holy Spirit. Make sure you keep that connection with him.